Welcome to the Unitarian Universalist Church of Kent. Once again, here we are gathered as a diverse and inclusive spiritual community seeking to inspire love, work for justice, and grow together in community. Whoever you are, we welcome you. Wherever you come from, be welcome here. Whomever you love, know that you are welcome in this place. May this be a place where you can be your fullest and most authentic self. children. Each year during the month of January, we spend our religious education time together talking about justice and being activists. We talk about hard things that no child should have to know about. We talk about racism, classism, injustice, and human suffering. But our time together while we talk about these hard truths has always left me feeling hopeful. The children of this community have such loving hearts and questioning minds. They have things to say about what's going on in this world. And they have a world to change. And they're going to tell you just how they plan to do that, too. In years past, they have fed the hungry, created blankets for the homeless. They've raised money to purchase farm animals for families around the world through Heifer International. And this year, after discussing the crisis of children being separated from their families at our southern border, they have decided that they must do something about that. And they want to help those children. And you'll hear more about that this morning. From their book, Dear Universe, Letters of Affirmation and Empowerment, Yolo Akili writes, healing our children means we need to put love in every possible place we can think of. 
As Unitarian Universalists, we strive to do just that, and our children are leading the way and showing us how. So come, let us worship together. I'd like to invite our children, the young and the young at heart, to come up. So this is a special weekend, and it's a special weekend every year. Do you know why? Ryan? It's Martin Luther King Day. Right. All right. So we remember Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. And how do we remember him? Hey, funny? Meredith? I remember him by thinking of my dad. By thinking of your dad? Because he was born when, because he was born today, which is super close. Wow, yeah. Okay. I remember having the I Have a Dream speech and mm-hmm. leading a bunch of protests. I have a dream speech and a bunch of protests. Yeah. We tell his story today to remember him and to find inspiration to keep doing the work he started. So I want to share this book called My Dream of Martin Luther King with you. This is by a woman named Faith Ringgold. And she writes, I've always been a dreamer. But the only dreams I can remember are the ones I dream with my eyes wide open. Do you have dreams with your eyes wide open? Yeah? Okay. She says, once I go to sleep, I rarely remember my dreams. But one day, watching a television program about Martin Luther King Jr., I slept and had a dream I will never forget. In my dream, Dr. King appeared first as a child in a place so big that it was the whole world and all people. There were children and old folks, men and women of all colors, races and religions. They carried bags containing their prejudice, their hate, their ignorance and violence and fear. Can you imagine carrying a bag with all that stuff? No? If you had that bag, would it be very heavy? Yep. 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 So, but they brought these bags because they wanted to trade them for other bags. Now, what would you put in your bag instead of hate and ignorance and violence? What would you put in your bag? Raylan? Hope, peace, faith. Friendship. Friendship, yeah. Anything else? Freedom. Love. Yeah. Yep. Some people had big, big, heavy bags, but everybody had something they wanted to trade. So they came to this place. There were steps that led up to a light that was shining bright. And young Martin and his father, Daddy King, his mother, his grandmother, the brother, sister's mother, led the climb up the steps to reach the light. And everyone was singing the words of the old hymn, We shall overcome. We shall overcome someday. Then young Martin's family disappeared, and he was alone, except for his closest friend, a boy who lived across the street, and the boy's mother. They were standing on the school steps when the boy's mother told young Martin to go away. She said, this is a school for white children. There was a time when black children and white children couldn't go to the same school. Martin said, but I'm starting school now. And the woman said, you must go to a different school. And Martin asked why. She said, because we are white and you are black. Then young Martin saw a policeman. The policeman was the same one who had called his father a boy. But Martin Luther King said, I am a man, my name is Reverend King. Young Martin was alone then, and the policeman ran after him, swinging a club and yelling for him to stop. 
Martin ran as fast as he could. He saw a bus and got on it. The bus driver was the same one who had made Martin and his teacher stand up so the white people could sit down once upon a time. Black people had to sit in the back of the bus to or stand up for white people. Young Martin ran from the bus. He didn't want to be on that bus. Would you want to be on that bus? No. He ran from that bus into a crowd of people who were marching and carrying signs protesting buses like that. Those signs were calling for freedom and justice. You see the signs? Yeah, there were a lot of protests. Martin joined them singing, ain't gonna let nobody turn me around. But then these were hard times. There were police on horseback running the demonstrators down, uh, more police turning water hoses on them, uh, attacking them with dogs, beating them with cattle prods. It was really an ugly time. They were all arrested, the demonstrators, and thrown into police wagons and taken to jail. While in jail, young Martin remembered what his mother had told him about slavery and that despite the bad treatment his people received, he was as good as anyone. So his mother came to get Martin and she told him, although you are only six years old, you can't accept the way things are. You want to find a way to change things and you will. And he did. But not now. Today is Sunday and we're going to Sunday school and church. Your father will preach a sermon and your mother will direct the choir and you'll sing Amazing Grace. So in that dream, as it goes on, Martin Luther King Jr. sat in church as a young man and there appeared a holy man from India named Mahatma Gandhi. Gandhi taught young Martin about the power of love to create change and about how he had led more than 300 million of his people to freedom through peaceful resistance. Martin Luther King knew what he had to do then and to use peaceful resistance. So then he appears in my dream, no longer as a child, but as a minister of his own church with a beautiful wife and four children. People would come to ask for help. Um, At that church, they called a large meeting because a woman named Rosa Parks, you know who Rosa Parks is? What did she do? Meredith. So she, she got on the bus and a white person said, go, get out of the seat because I'm going to sit here. And she refused and she had to go to jail. Yep, she refused to give up her seat and she was arrested. So they had a large meeting and then they started boycotting, which means you don't ride those buses, right? So this led to voter registration so that black people could vote, education, decent housing and jobs, a lot of protesting. And then that speech you spoke at at the the nation's capital where Martin Luther King said, I have a dream that one day this nation will rise up and live out the true meaning of its creed. He said, I have a dream that one day on the red hills of Georgia, the sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of all. I have a dream today. And then in this dream, Martin Luther King appears with black people and white people sitting together on buses and eating at lunch counters and voting together and all the children going to school together. But then, what happened to Martin Luther King Jr.? Someone shot him. Yeah, he was, he was killed. 
Yep. And we all went into mourning. Then, back to this dream, I was back in that big place where people of all colors, races, and religions were together. We were mourning Dr. Martin Luther King by trading in bags containing our prejudice, our hate, our ignorance, our violence, and fear in exchange for Dr. Martin Luther King's dreams. So we took those bags of hatred and violence and oppression, emptied them into a big pile, and then set them on fire. And across the sky from the fire were the words, every good thing starts with a dream. And I woke up from my dream, and there was Dr. King on TV. He was saying, and he's allowed me to go up to the mountain, and I've looked over. I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we as a people will get to the promised land. So today we're going to take steps forward toward the promised land that Dr. King dreamed about. meeting that we had at the be- in September, our children discussed how they wanted to be activists, how they could help the world. 
There were many ideas, lots of, of uh, different projects that they wanted to do. But when it came down to it, they had to make a decision. So they voted, because that's what we do. <laughs> and they chose an organization to support, and Coleman is going to share with you who that is. RIASIS is a nonprofit organization that helps refugees. They provide low-cost legal services to immigrant families and refugees. They make sure that all families get justice. They also use legal services, social programs, bond assistance, and an advocacy team to help. RIASIS is operating on the national front lines of the fight for immigrant rights. And Eden is going to share with us why it was important for her to choose this organization. There are many different reasons that people come to the United States. Some people who come here are refugees. A refugee is a person that comes to America or another country because their country is not safe enough for them to live there. I think it is terrible that kids are separated from their parents at the border. I feel, I feel sad for those kids. It's not fair for them to go through that just because they came to a safe place for them to live their life. I think it's very sad that kids are saying goodbye to their parents. It's important that we speak up about kids being separated from their parent families so we can stop this from happening. I live with a family. I live with my family in a city close to the sea. Every summer, we used to spend many weekends at the beach, but we'd never go there anymore because last year, our lives changed forever. The war began. Every day, bad things started happening around us, and soon there was nothing but chaos. And one day, the war took my father. Since that day, everything has become darker, and my mother has become more and more worried. The other day, one of my mother's friends told her that many people are leaving. They are trying to escape to another country, a country far away with high mountains. What is this place, we ask our mother. It's a safe place, she tells us. And where is this place, we ask again. She shows us pictures of strange cities, strange forests, and strange animals until she finally sighs. We will go there and not be frightened anymore. We don't want to leave, but our mother tells us it will be a great adventure. We put everything we have in suitcases and say goodbye to everyone we know. We leave at night to avoid being seen and keep moving for many days. The further we go, the more we leave behind. We finally arrive at the border. It is an enormous wall and we must climb over it. But oh no. You are not allowed to cross the border. Go back, shouts an angry guard. We have nowhere to go, and we are very tired. In the darkness, the noises of the forest scare me. But Mother is with us, and Mother is never scared. We close our eyes and finally fall asleep. Shouting wakes us up. It's the guards. They are looking for us, and we must hide. Quick, this way, whispers our Mother. We run and run until a man we have never seen before appears. Mother gives him some money, and he takes us over the border. It is dark, and nobody sees us. Our journey is not over yet, our mother tells us. The sea stretches far and wide ahead of us, and we must cross it. How will this be possible? We have boarded a ferry with so many people. 
There's not much space and it rains every day, but we tell each other stories. Tales of terrible and dangerous monsters that hide beneath our boat, ready to gobble us up if the boat capsizes. The boat rocks and rocks as the waves grow bigger and bigger. It feels like the sea will never end. We tell each other new stories, stories about the land we are heading to, where the big green forests are filled with kind fairies that dance and give us magical spells to end the war. As the sun rises, we see land for the first time in days. The boat rocks silently to shore. Our mother tells us we are lucky to still be together. Is this the place where we will be safe, we ask? It is close, she says with a tired smile. We travel for more days and more nights, crossing many more borders. From the train, I look up to the birds that seem to be following us. They are migrating, just like us. And their journey is very long, too, but they don't have to cross any borders. I hope one day, like these birds, we will find a new home, a home where we can be safe and begin our story again. This month's special offering, including your loose change, which will be collected in cans, will be gratefully received for RACES, the Refugee and Immigrant Center for Education and Legal Services. This was chosen by our children and youth during the January Religious Education Social Justice Intercession. So we've been hearing, as we've been hearing about today, Martin Luther King Jr. spent his life speaking about the need to make the world a more fair place. And we've heard a little bit about our own children's efforts to carry on that, uh, that call. And so today, everybody here is going to have an opportunity to take some action on behalf of immigrant children. As you may be aware, many immigrant children are brought into the United States illegally by their parents when they're young. And they've grown up here, have very little memory of their home country, and want to stay permanently in the United States as the country of their childhood and the only country they really know. They dream of fully participating in our country, but to do so, they need to become citizens. The DREAM Act is a law that would allow these children to stay in the United States and become citizens. It is supported by a majority of people who identify politically as Democrats, Republicans, and independents. It's been passed by the House of Representatives, and even though it has both Republican and Democratic sponsors in the Senate, it's stuck there. Today we have an opportunity for you to raise your voice for immigrant children by letting one of your Ohio senators know you want them to help pass the DREAM Act. In your order of service, there is a pre-printed postcard and a tip sheet. And what we're encouraging everybody to do, and we'll take a few minutes in service today to do this, is to complete a postcard letting you, that senator know your opinion on this issue. Now, you'll see that they're printed in a way that there's not a ton of written space, and we understand that. You know, there's room for you to write maybe one or two reasons if you, you know, about your thoughts on the DREAM Act. Um, and we know that congressional offices count the number of votes they have about 
a particular issue. So this exercise is partly about having an impact by having lots of responses one way or another. Of course, you can write anything you want on the card. We're gonna bundle these on, we're gonna bundle these into a larger envelope to send to one of the two senators. So feel free to write anywhere on the card. And if you want a response, feel free to add your return address somewhere on the card as well if you want to hear back from your senator. And uh, on this little tip sheet, there's just a few things, uh, a little bit more information um, related to the DREAM Act. If you're not sure what you want to say yet and you want some ideas, that's what the tip sheet is for. So we'll give you a few minutes now to fill them out. And after service today, I will be uh, by the back door there with a basket to collect your cards as you leave today. If anybody is missing a postcard, please just raise your hand. I have a few extra. I'll bring you one if you need one. And now, Sonis, would you lead us in the song, If I Had a Hammer? You'll find the words in your order of service. Thank you, Samus. 
Once again, the words of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr. Now let us begin. Let us rededicate ourselves to the long and bitter but beautiful struggle for a new world. The choice is ours, and though we might prefer it otherwise, we must choose in this crucial moment of human history. And now our hearts filled with Dr. King's dream of a world where there is peace and justice. May we go forth in the spirit of hope and possibility to make his dream real as we continue inspiring love, seeking justice, and growing community. May it be so. Blessed be. Amen and namaste.